Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space for men to have vulnerable conversations about the fatherhood journey. Sometimes those conversations are light. Sometimes they're heavy. Changes from guest to guest. I never know until we start the show. Tonight, I got a good feeling about it, but I'm not going to spoil it. We're going to let it ride. Uh, I got my guy in the building, in the studio, which is my preference, Mr. James Johnson, welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. How are you, my brother? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you for me in. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The door was <laughs> wide open, man. Yeah. The door was wide open. I like the energy already. Yeah. Um, so let's see where this goes, man. What, uh, where, James, where you from? What's, where, where's home? Where's like your, your earliest memories of childhood? Um, and then we'll kind of pull that thread and, and kind of progress to your fatherhood journey to yeah. where you are today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, born and raised Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. Louisiana native. Um, literally, like I say, born there, raised there, grew up there. Funny thing about my childhood is we moved around a lot. So mm. we traveled a lot. And part of that was Houston kind of got intermingled in, you know. Okay. So I lived in Houston a few times as a kid, but I'd say 90% was Shreveport, Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport. So. Yeah. What's Shreveport like, man? I had a guest on uh, not too long ago that was from Monroe, Louisiana. And I didn't know if that was city or rural or what. What's, what's, what's Shreveport like? I, I, I see it. That's I-20, right? Yep. I yep. see it on the sign, but we never made it that far. What's, uh, what's, what's life in Shreveport like? Uh, back then versus today is night and day. Okay. You know, uh, back then, you have to understand, it was, it was just like everything you see on TV about old uh, Compton almost, man. Gotcha. Like. Oh, wow. Gangs and drugs flooded in in the eighties. So and it was that then, but not now. It, well, now it's kind of it's 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 a ghost town to be oh, honest. Wow. And and I hate to say that about my city, but it's absurd, man. Like all of the buildings are run down, closed down. Wow. Opportunity is not there as much as it used to be. There's a push right now to try to you know shake it back, shake the city back, and bring it back. But yeah. the crime is so absurd, man. They set wow. a new uh, murder record this past year, so. Still on that, got to change that mentality, which is just a conversation we kind of have in it right now because yeah. of the young males there are misguided. Yeah, and so it's it's needed. It's very much needed back there. Yeah, I definitely want to get to that because I know we we had some uh, some brief conversations about what you want to do in that space in terms of you know affecting your influence with um, kind of mentoring these these boys and, and giving them a giving them some direction. Yes. But what was what was your your family dynamic? Did you have brothers and sisters? Were your parents, your both parents in the house? What was well, the dynamic? 
I, I did. I had uh, I was raised majority by my mom. Okay. A single parent home. Uh, my parents divorced when I was I don't know maybe two years old. Wow. So at that point, my mom was on her own. I had an older brother. Uh, my mom had a daughter, and then married my dad. Had my older brother. Then had me. Then once they divorced years later, she had my baby sister. So gotcha. in my household. Uh, which that's a whole nother story because my older sister was raised by an aunt. Okay. So in my household, it was my mom with her three children and then her sister and her two children while in the same house. Poverty stricken, man. We t- wow. They had to split incomes to share resources so that we could all make it, to be honest. So wow. I have a female cousin and a male cousin that grew up like my brother and sister in the house. Gotcha. So there were me and my brother and then my cousin and my cousin, two sisters raising Two sets of kids. My cousin, my other cousin. Yeah. Cousin brothers, brother cousins. Right. Was that par for the course for your environment, for your neighborhood, or was it was it was it noticeably different how you live versus how the people around you were living? I, I think it was a, a reflection of what half and half the, the city was split down the middle, but I didn't know that. I didn't know we were poor till I got older. I thought I lived in the big city, the hustle and bustle. <laughs> I really did. We thought Shreveport was a metropolis. <laughs> wow. I kid you not. So once we got older and then you started to, like, by the time I made it to sixth grade, middle school changed my whole everything in the city. How so? Because K through fifth grade, I probably went to 17 schools. Easy. 17 schools? Yeah, easy. Like every elementary school in Shreveport, and then I did about three or four schools in Houston. So that's how much we moved. It was like. Times got hard, we moved. Mm. Times got hard, we moved. Yeah. And two women in the house. So, you know, it wasn't, I'm not going to say they didn't do the best they could. No, but no, that no, male no. intestinal fortitude, it was different because pressure hit, pressure, pressure, pressure. It was time to move. Yeah. We'll go start over somewhere else. So that's kind of what that ended up being. So once I hit middle school, I had a fifth grade teacher kind of pull me under her. I, I, I say coattail, right. but she pulled me. She was like, hey, you made different. This is what we're going to do. She went and took it upon herself to get me tested to send me into a magnet school. Wow. So now the benefit of that is no matter where you live in the city, you can, you can go to that same school. At what point did it? Um, did you realize the impact of not having that male presence in the house? And it's not. this is not a, this is not a father bashing platform. Right. This is not by any stretch a a woman, mother, single parent platform, bashing platform, because they do phenomenal. I mean, women, I I don't know. I I don't know how y'all do it, but shout out to women. Right, right. But but at what point did you realize that, like, this is something something different, something ain't right? Well, the the weird thing is I got a dose of it every every summer because we went, my brother and I, we went stayed the summer with my dad in Houston every summer. Mm. So I'm getting a teaspoon of it. But it don't, all it's doing is highlighting what I don't have back home, mm. you understand, the yeah. other 10 months of the year. So I'm in Houston two months a year with my dad and my brother. And then me and my brother have to go back to this. My dad was pretty well off at, by the standards that I was living in back right. in Shreveport. So he's in Houston. He's married. Uh, he had two more sons, my other two little brothers. They're in a, a, a structured household, two vehicles. They have two incomes. They own a home. Meanwhile, I go back to Shreveport. We're in the projects. It's me, my mom, my aunt. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing both. So I'm being reminded every summer of what it could be and yeah. what it's supposed to look like. And then you're trying to give me 
the the male guidance in two months and then crash course. boom right crash course <laughs> then i go back home and that's kind of like we on the city bus you understand we didn't have vehicles and so now it's it's two different dynamics yeah so now you're trying to you're trying to cope with it and again the the blessing if you will is back then you don't know that you're in poverty you don't yeah. know that it's supposed to be better so the self-pity that you'll see more frequent today yeah. didn't exist back then. And I really credit that to my mom and my aunt gotcha. was they, incre- they created an environment that you didn't feel like we were struggling and oh, we sad and we down. Yeah. We thought we were living like Kings. I kid you not. It's always strong black women yeah. stepping up. So when you, when you went to visit your dad for those two months out the summer, did that, you think that hurt more than harmed you and not necessarily his influence, but like, was there a resentment because you know, like you, you get the you get a taste of it, but then you got to go back to to reality. How did you process that? And and what age is it? This is like since since the divorce up through yeah. like like my my mom and dad divorced when I was two. Yeah, um, I'm 44 now. Mm. So <clears throat> when I was two and they divorced, he immediately married my stepmom. Wow. Like I'm talking six months later, if I'm not mistaken. Jeez. Within the year, they yeah. were married, right? So my whole life, I've known her. Like that was my stepmom. Like, like no beef, no shade. Yeah. We 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 got along well. You yeah. know, when we came out there, she I felt like she welcomed her welcomed us as her own. Yeah. And I, I applaud her for that because you know that could be shade attached to that. That can get tough. So she brought us in. We stayed there. But I can honestly say the only two times that I really felt resentment was uh, one was. One year, uh, the older of my younger two brothers was graduating from high school. They threw him a big party. Mm. And he's, uh, to give you some context, uh, he's, I'd say maybe eight years younger than me. Okay. So somewhere from six to eight years younger than me. So you have to realize if he's 16 leaving high school, I'm 21, 22 years old yeah. or, or, or more. So in the party that they're giving, they have these, these pictures posted everywhere. So now I'm finding about out about vacations that were taken <laughs> that I didn't know nothing about. You know what I mean? They went to Disney World, you know what I mean? And they went to California and they did this. He took us on a trip to California, but we didn't get that. By the yeah. time we came in for the summer, it was kind of like we were going to Astroworld, you know what I mean? Wow. So that- Wait, wait, Astroworld is a thing? That's, it's in Houston? Yeah, Astroworld used to be the theme park, the Six Flag Park in Houston growing up. Like Astroworld- uh, the Astro Dome, that was the big thing in Houston. Like it was a, like the little slick Six Flags here in yeah. Dallas. It was like that times two. It was dumb. Yeah. But they they bought it out, shut it down, and turned it into this big metroplex of shopping and investments that they have now. Yeah. But as a kid, man, Astro World, you right there with the the Papa Do's that everybody go to off Six Thirty Five next to the dome, right there. Yeah. But no NRG Stadium and all this. They had the Astro Dome, and then across the highway you had Astro World. Roller coasters and such. So, all right. So, I'm gonna keep it light and expose myself. The only association that I had with Astro World was Travis Scott. Man, his album. That's and crazy. I thought, I thought that was just him. Nah. Saying that this is my city. Nah, that's 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 what was going on <laughs> in Houston because you know they got the NASA. So that everything yeah. was started Astro that the yeah. Astros, Houston Astros. Yeah. So everything was on that. They played in the Astrodome. Yeah. So that was our thing. He slid us over to the Astrodome. I mean, uh, Astro World for the little theme park. Yeah. One summer we went to California to visit my uncle. So 
when I find out y'all kind of took these trips, I kind of feel like me and my dad need to sit down and have a conversation. But then I let it go because I was kind of yeah. like, what do you do? Yeah, true. You know what I mean? True. Adult life, looking back, I saw a little shade where if we there in the summer, my stepmom and, and her mom would go shopping and come back with a couple of little things for my little bros and kind of be like, look what your grandmother bought you. Yeah. Adult hindsight, looking back. Yeah. I, I can't go in and say I bought these two something and didn't buy these two something. So I push it off on my mom. I get all of that. That's the politics you play yeah. with the, the blended family as you get older. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> the only other, not to get too heavy, the only other resentment I had was when I was, um, when I was 10, my older brother was two years older than me. He got killed at 12. Yeah. So I was 10. My brother was 12. He got killed. Wow. Trying to run and catch a city bus because we didn't have any vehicles at the house. So a drunk driver come around the oh, corner man. and kill him. My dad got two vehicles at the house in Houston. Perfect family at that time. It's mm-hmm. easy to fall into that resentment at that point. Like, yeah. man, if we had a car, you know, I, I kind of slipped into that for a little while. Like, man, if we had a car, this wouldn't have happened because he's not trying to run and go hustle and get the city bus to get to the crib. Yeah. Well, Thankfully, that didn't that didn't really latch on to my spirit. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. I went through that briefly, let that go, moved on. But that's that's honestly the only two times I could say I kind of looked at what they had going on and had resentment. Yeah. How do you um you were ten, he was twelve. Yes. How do you, how do you how do you get to a place of emotional or just maturity to let that go, to not let that fester? Cause that can really shape the rest of your life, and rightly so. I mean, very traumatic event. And if 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 you're open, I'm 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 interested in how, like that period was for you immediately after. I've never experienced anything like it, so I don't want to speak. No, 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 it's fine. Right, right, right. right. Um, like how how does how does the processing of that at that stage of life impact you? Because you were at a new school, right? You just, you got into the to the good school, right? I was already at the school at that point. Like okay. by that time. By the time he died, I was seventh going into eighth grade. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So now, maybe in eighth going to ninth, something like that. But now, I, it absolutely changed everything. Like, I was on a, I was the little brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everywhere we went, people thought we were twins, but we two years apart. Like, mm-hmm. I always been a bigger dude. Yeah. So I was his size, but two years under him, you know? Mm-hmm. So what happened was, immediately once he passed, it kind of, it shook me. It really molded me who I am now because all I knew was I wanted to be who he was and what he was doing. Wow. Well, my brother was on, he was in the streets. You know, he was gang banging and all the gang banging was tough, tough, wow. tough, tough in Shreveport. Like everybody left California and came to Shreveport mm. in that time and they brought the, the 5.0s and the crack and the gangs and all of that from Kansas City and California came to Shreveport. Mm. So now, they came into these neighborhoods that didn't have any of this going on and start staking claim. So now you banging this, this side banging this. Well, I was in sports. Gotcha. So sports kind of had my distraction, my attention. My brother was head heels. He was in it. He was mm-hmm. with it. So me seeing that, we jokingly played with it, but he was serious. You know what I mean? And he was only 12 years old. And that's ridiculous to even hear me say that, that he yeah. was serious and he was 12. Yeah. So... So was I mean was that a common age? And again, I'm I'm not trying to speak from a place of utter ignorance, but like that's 
that's that's the thing that you see in the movie and you're like nah nah it's real not as, as soon as you can go outside you're exposed to it when outside, you start outside. to be outside playing now you're not doing or, or doing the things that the older guys doing you're not yeah. doing drive-bys and, and what have you but uh you're not selling drugs yet hopefully right now there were a couple of cats that early they the old heads kind of laughed like because you know back then there were rules and guidelines to mm-hmm. you didn't mess with women and babies right you know what i mean but then you had the little knuckleheads that just wouldn't stop wouldn't stop so they jokingly kind of brought them in like man let me show you some things because you're gonna hurt yourself yeah so they kind of them being so persistent got them allowed into things earlier than they should have been but again i feel like that's kind of glorifying it but yeah they paid big big consequences for such so now i'm so clean getting running up behind my brother and want to do everything my brother doing when he was taken I, I I was clingy. I remember having a clingy feeling. Mm-hmm. And luckily, my cousins was right there. You know, my aunts, my uncles, they were right there. So they kind of, somebody, it felt like every day somebody was coming to scoop me up. Like, let's go mm-hmm. do this today. And I think that saved me because I would have been in them streets real tough. Yeah. Looking for, to fill that void. You know what I mean? So because they were right there and sports and I had a close-knit family at school, man. Like my partners that I met in the sixth grade, they're my brothers right now. Wow. The whole the whole entire crew. Yeah. We went to six through eight together, then we went nine through twelve together. Then a few of us even went to college together. That's dope. So that saved me, man. Like my network dumb because of that. Yeah. Male and female. So once all of that kind of molded and I got heavier and heavier in the sports and band and music and ROTC and all this other stuff in in high school, that I felt like if my brother was there. A lot of the stuff, the decisions I was making on my own, I wouldn't have made. Um, so I don't want to say I'm grateful my brother got taken away from me, yeah. but I'm I'm absolutely a different person today than I was when my brother was around me, if that makes sense. I felt yeah. like him being removed allowed me to flourish, and I became my own person. I got my own thought process. I was mindless. Like, if somebody walked up to me and be like, what do you like? What do you want to see? I look at my brother. Mm. Like, he bought this shirt. I want that same exact shirt in that same color. You see what yeah. I'm saying? And it's like, it frustrated him. Like, nah, nah, what you want to do? He started asking me first. Like, what you going to pick? And I'm going to pick something different. Mm. Nope, because I'm not going to pick this because you're going to pick this. And then I'm going to throw that away because I want that. All of that went away. Wow. And I'm I'm thankful for that portion of it, to be honest. How What was the, like, the time horizon from he passed when you were 12, 13? Mm-hmm. No, he was twelve. My fault. Yeah. You were ten. You were ten. You were ten, correct? Yes. Ten, eleven. Mm-hmm. And what what age were you when you came to this realization of I need to be who I am. I need to make decisions for me. I can no longer rely because there's there's your brother being taken away, but the, like you said, the feeling, right. the dependency doesn't necessarily leave when they leave physically. Right. So how was it to work through that? Like what at what age was this when you? Became comfortable because that's what it sounds like. You became comfortable making decisions on your own. My eighth grade year. Okay. And and to be honest, it was because my mom got a a lump sum settlement from his death. So you got to realize my whole life was poverty stricken up to that point. Wow. Like like there was a point in our lives where we were we were almost on, and it was just me, my mom, and my brother. Like because there were little periods where. The sisters would go their separate ways. Like, I'm on my feet, I'm on my feet. Let's yeah. go get our own crib. Well, she went and got an apartment, the Pines Apartments in, in Shreveport, off uh, Lion Avenue. 
And luckily, for some reason, it was Christmas, and we went to, like, my grandparents' house. And so my mom was like, hey, we're going to go back to the house the day after Christmas. Well, the day after Christmas, we went back to the apartment. The apartment had burned down, but we were gone. So our life was poverty, 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 poverty. We kind of was on our way up. Yeah. And then I'm talking, we probably was two months away from kind of being on, I felt like, in my mind. Apartment burned down, lost everything, literally. Yeah. So now we back at square one zero. So boom, the sisters move back in together. Boom, we back a unit again. Hmm. Which again, back then it looked terrible, man. But that's more exposure to my aunt. That's more exposure to my cousins. That's more of a we looking out for each other in these streets real tough because Hmm. it was, man, you needed every set of eyes on you you could get. Wow. So now, fast forward. My brother passed away. My mom get this lump. And I felt like, looking back on it, she kind of was on some, well, I'm going I'm to shower you with this money mm-hmm. to help you feel better about this person that's been with you your whole entire life. Yeah. And that, was, that adult vision, looking back, I was like, man, I lost somebody that literally was with me every day of my entire life. Yeah. Like, from the time I was born to the time he passed away, there was never a day we didn't, be around each other not one single time. Like wow. he didn't go away to a camp or nothing. Yeah. We literally so she kinda was buying these clothes and and that kind of put me in a whole different mind frame eighth grade year at my middle school. So now it was, you know, I'm 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 a notable athlete at this yeah, point. And you fresh. And I'm fresh. <laughs> right. me? So now I'm fresh and I'm playing this. So now my attention kinda on on girls at this yeah. time and now it's like but it was it was good because the kinds of girls that was around that kept me focused. You yeah. know, that was like, hey, that's, we finna do this work. Person. We yeah. gotta get this this study and we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. You gotta go to football practice, you gotta do this. So I feel like my whole path of my life was it could have been bad. Yeah. Like for real. It was designed to be bad, but the right pieces kept getting placed. Where did you get this um the spirit of like overcoming, like it's coming through in your conversation. Yes. Like what, what does that come from? Cause that's a lot to deal with as a youth and you had a lot of opportunities to be resentful, but it comes out like grateful in every way, the way you process stuff. Like, was that your mom? Was it the women you like? Yes. Well, my mom, my aunt, uh, a bunch of strong women in my family, believe it or not, I have a team of surrogate mothers. Like my homeboys that I grew up with, yeah. their moms took us in. So it's not like Miss Mitchell, it's Mama Mitchell. Gotcha. Or it's, it's Mama Ruby. And these women, they they treated me like I was their son as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that meant a lot to me. So I didn't, I felt like I had a lot, my Aunt Katie, I had a lot of women that I felt like I'd, I'd feel like trash if I let them down. You know yeah. what I mean? So they were always talking about religion and God and focus and purpose. Then I have an uncle, uh, my uncle Lou T. Uh, he was always sliding me little nuggets, you know, talking to me about life. Uh, he's one of the reasons I went to Southern University. He went to Southern first and then he came out and his whole outlook on life was different. He came out and he was like, I'm a Moor now. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. He was like, man, sit down. So he'll slide me something. Nothing too heavy too soon. He always hit me with something and walk away. Hit me with something and walk away. So I felt like I had so many people giving me different perspectives. Mm-hmm. 
It's all how you look at something, son. Yeah. And they telling me these little stories, like, I don't want to get into them, but like, you know, the story about the the, the bird that's freezing in the snow and then you got the cow that come along in the wolf. But, yeah, right. So they giving me all of this stuff where if you look at something a certain way, it's going to either make you or break you. Yeah. So now a lot of stuff that I felt like I went through, I, don't get me wrong, I went through periods of why this, why now? Mm. You know, you're mad. You ask for something or you pray for something and it don't work out. Yeah. The frustration. You know, I had I had a bad temper. I fought, man. I, I went like I said, I went to all of those schools, man. I fought and fought and fought and fought. And so what that ended up being was my first day at a new school. Somebody played with me. We fight. Now everybody, my friends, after that, they like, whoa, don't don't I'm play with dude yeah. like that. But my sense of humor kicked in. Gotcha. And I learned consequence and repercussion. Yeah. It's because real. right <laughs> counselors at my schools they like oh come here little black boy let me talk to you yeah. and these black women so these black women pulling me to the side like listen and that's the importance of intervention in these youngsters man I remember every woman every person every teacher every uncle that pulled me and was like listen your temper a little bad yeah you need to that stuff there once you react to something you can't take it back correct so my first reaction was always it was like, mm-mm, count, breathe, walk away, come yeah. back. If you still feel like that, then there's a good possibility that's what it is. Yeah. I started doing that. I started laughing and joking more. And then I fell in love with how that made people feel. Yeah. It made me feel good. It made them feel good. And that kept a lot of confusion down. That's dope. What, so you mentioned that you had a bit of a anger problem yes um how how far did that go did that ever put you in a place where life could have really took it a taken a, a a terrible turn absolutely can, can you share any well, yeah. need all of them yeah. <laughs> well, well and, and, and it's not even like it was it was it was never life or death mm. maybe once and but mainly stuff like uh not i feel like people can't talk to me a certain way you know what i mean mm. um i've been in the military I, I took that into the military. I kind of was like, man. How did that work out? Didn't work too well. <laughs> it did, but it didn't. Because, again, my personality. My my blessing always been my personality and my, my sense of humor. Yeah. You know, it was to the point where I don't really have enemies. Like, even yes. to this day, I don't have people that be like, man, I hate that dude. I If they if they do, I they hide in real yeah. well. Because it's a matter of, man, you just can't stay mad at dude. He always laughing about something. Same thing with my, my drill sergeants. There was a time they told us, don't do X, Y, Z. I felt like it didn't make sense. I always been a leader. So the other cats kind of like, man, they told us to do X, Y, Z. Why are you not doing it? I don't yeah. feel like that makes sense. So that there's something that we have in common, but it was more impactful to you because you actually went in the military. Yes. That's why I couldn't go in the military. <laughs> because I, I'm, the, I'm the wild guy. It got to make sense. Yeah, Especially it got like, to make 18, sense. 18, I mean, yeah. all that stopped at like 13. Yes. Right? I still did it because I didn't want to get beat down. But, right. But like the whole, like, no, nah, why? Why? Like, <laughs> like why? Why? Why we got to sit here three days and right. I only have a canteen full of water? Right. Like, make this make sense to me. Right. Because well, I said so. You sure, all right. Wait till they leave. Yeah. So now when they leave and they like, hey, man, what are you doing? I'm not sitting out here. Yeah. I'm not sitting out here. So then the whole, I kid you not, the whole platoon followed me because we were truck drivers. We jumped in the trucks, drove it all the way back. To where they had lights and yeah. domino tables, and we sat down and played dominoes. And, 
Man, it took them people two days to come find us. <laughs> they rolled up on us. They furious. They like, wait a minute, what are you doing here? Uh, I was like, listen, I told y'all that didn't make sense. It took y'all two days to come find us, and all we had is canteen of water. Jeez. So. So you got sports. Yes. You got the military. Now we got the rest of your life. Yes. Like, let's walk through, I guess, what, what state, what ages were you in the military? What branch? I was in the army. I, I graduated high school in 96. Mm. Uh, funny story about that, man. Another story of my life. I know I got a million of these long stories. That's it. But graduated high school and no misguided. Nobody talked to me about college. Nobody mm -hmm. talked to me about funding. Nobody talked to me about playing. Yeah. What are you doing tomorrow? Nobody asking these questions. I'm finna graduate high school. Nobody has asked me, what are you doing after school? Yeah. Nobody. Which seems like very basic questions as you would assume any adult that even, that cared about you or not would ask you. And I'm point. surrounded by educated people. Wow. And they assuming because I'm moving so smart in school and I got uh, this GPA and I'm this much of an athlete and this, they thinking, man, he finna get a full ride scholarship or he gonna get an academic scholarship. Man, I had a 4.1 GPA at some point in oh, high wow. school. So they were like, oh, he good. Nah, what I'll do with this? Yeah. So now, again, one of my things is I'm in ROTC, so they done brought the recruiters in. Gotcha. The recruiter, like, he asking questions my family not asking. What you doing after high school? Man, I'm going to college. That's what you're supposed to say. Right. How? How, how you going to pay for it? Yeah. You know how much college costs? Trying to be discouraging, break you to rebuild you. That's well, man, if you don't have the money, I've got a solution for you because you obviously want to go. So I went into the Army National Guard because gotcha. I, I felt like it was the best of both worlds. I'm going, they're going to pay for it, and it's part-time. Time off. Yeah. Bet. So I'm one weekend a month, two weeks in the summer. I'm like, bet, run it. So I go to basic training, AIT. I get back. It's two weeks too late to go to school. But all my partners, they done went to the colleges, the respective colleges they're going to go to. Mm. Well, when I come back, a few of my partners down at Southern in Baton Rouge, Hey, man, I'm going to come kick it with y'all one weekend. I slide down there. I stay a whole week. I come back and tell everybody I'm going to Southern. Yeah. So I kid you not, they got out that fall. They went in for the fall of, what is that, 97, 96? No, that's the fall 96 going to fall. Uh, spring 97. Spring 97. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to start spring of 97 because I got back too late for the gotcha. fall of 96. I kid you not, this is how unguided and misguided I was. My homeboy, Travis, he was like, hey, I told him, I said, hey, when you go back to school, I'm going to catch a ride with you. I packed a duffel bag full of clothes. That's how I went to college. I got in the car with him when he was going back to school for the spring, jumped in the car with him with a duffel bag mm. to catch this ride. We slid down there. He told me, he was like, listen, you got to go in the mini dome right there, fill out this paperwork, do this. He was like, have you done your admissions to get in college? Nah. I tell you what, I asked him. What was your major last semester? What did you do? What's your classes? Give me all of that. Mm. He was like, it's physics. Bet, give it to me. So I went in there and told the people my my major physics. This is my schedule that I want. Da, 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 da. He was that's like, all of that's full. <laughs> that's super aggressive. I laugh and joke my way to the front of the line where the women at and laugh and joke with the women at the school. They override everything, let me in. Bet. So now, but I got to stay in the back in the projects. The, that's what we called Jones Hall back then, man. Mm -hmm. The freshman male dorm at Southern was the projects off good times. I kid you wow. not back then. Back then. They plush now. So my partner, them in the honors college. 
in the honors dorm. They living like they in condos. I was like, how you get in here? What we doing? He yeah. was like, man, you got to get in the honors college. Da, 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 da. I went, took a test, got in the honors college, went up there. They told me, honors college full. Man, I don't want these extra classes. I did this to get in this plush dorm. Right. So that's that's kind of how my life went with that, man. It's just seat of my pants. I caught a ride with my homeboy to go to college, man. It I'm just took his go. I'm just going to go to college. I'm just going to go. It's kind of how my oldness is, but that's a, that's a whole other story. <laughs> like, have you registered? Yeah. <laughs> they got to send me an email. It's like, just going to happen. It's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. Um, so let, let's let's take a quick break uh, here from a sponsor. We're going to come back and get into your, your life after um, – as you're maturing, right? As we're getting rid of some of that anger and starting to make some moves in life and talk about uh, your family and all that, we'll be right back. What's good, fam? I know you're enjoying the episode, but I am excited to share with you today a brand new sponsor to the DSP family. Tate Wellum, T-A-T-E-W-H-A-L-U-N, Tate Wellum. High fashion accessories, watches. I mean, the timepieces are exquisite if i do say so myself i prefer the executive collection there are several to choose from what i need you to do is head over to their website t-a-t-e-w-h-a-l-u-n.com when you get to check out after you fill your basket with all the things that i know you're going to find there use the code the dsp t-h-e-d-s-p for 20 percent off they'll know that i sent you tate Wellen. Black owned, responsibly managed. New sponsor to the podcast. I look forward to the continuing partnership. God bless. Back to the show. All right, we're back. So we figured out that college wasn't the route. Went into the military, gave us a little bit of a, a little foreshadowing on how your military career went. At some point, you got out. Then what? Family, 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 man. I, I, I'm. I started dating this young lady. Mm, that's and, how it always starts. Yeah. I started dating this young lady. Uh, she was from Baton Rouge, but she went to school in New Orleans. Okay. So I'm going to school in Baton Rouge, so I'm working. You know, I, what's, again, the, what's the distance to give people orientation? Oh, from Baton Rouge to New Orleans is an hour drive, Okay, roughly. Uh, so because, I again, my last story, I'm in the project building, if you will, in the back. And once I found out I couldn't get in the honors dorm, I stayed on campus one semester. After that, I went and got an apartment. I was like, I, this is not for me. So I went and got an apartment. So now I got to work, though. So a whole nother dynamic. So now, because I'm working, the place I'm working, this young lady followed up in the spot. I was working in the mall. Mm. She followed up in the spot. I meet her. You know, we date, but kind of like as friends, you know what I mean? So yes. then we get serious. Boom. Hey, I'm pregnant. Ain't that how I go. So now, <laughs> I'm in school. I got this one-bedroom apartment. She pregnant. So I was like, she she's sick, though. Like, she can't she can't function. She's so sick. So I was like, here, come to the crib. So she comes to the crib. She bedridden in my crib for two weeks now. Yeah. So now that kind of turned into, well, I can't just be with the move around or do something or go call your dad. We didn't know what, what this was going to be, how this was going to go at the time. So then we look up, look up, look up. Finally, she started getting better, but she's on her second trimester now. So now it's you live with me now. You've been here yeah. four months. You know what I mean? So now I have the baby. We're living together. Now we're in a serious committed relationship. Now that's like in 
That's in 01. So then in 02, her dad died. 03, she and I get married. 04, we have my second son. And I'm talking, that's how the year is flowing, just like that. So now 04, we have my second son. Then boom, we moved to Houston from Baton Rouge. So she and I moved to Houston, uh, ended up building a house. I started a business, da 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 Things not not going so well. Mm. You know, we wasn't seeing eye to eye. Boom, she has a daughter. We have a daughter together, my 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 third child with her. Mm-hmm. Well, now we we full-fledged going into a split, though. Like, we weren't even together together when we conceived my daughter. Gotcha. So now she's pregnant with my daughter. My mom died. All of this is like do, 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 do. So I move out of the house uh, in Houston and her and the kids are there. So I'm still doing what I can to try to float the house along. She's, she's not working. You know what I mean? The whole time we were together, we had an agreement to be that she would be a stay at home mom. Right. Once the child, the baby of, the, of that time turns two, go get a job. Gotcha. Well, that didn't work. That wasn't how that planned out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So she didn't work fine. I'm not bashing her for it. Yeah. Just kind of putting the story out. Sure. So now, at this point, I leave, but I leave, but I still have this household that I've been solely responsible for. Yeah. Which is fine. So now, floating the house, and I'm at the crib. I got I go get a crib. Uh, in Shreveport and I go get a crib in Dallas. So now I got three households that I'm floating. And so now she's dating mm. uh, her now husband. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now it's, Hey, can you come watch the kids? I got something to do this weekend. That's fine with me. Yeah. Give me time with my kids. So I flip back to Houston. She dip out, stay gone for the weekend, come back. We tr- swap out. Well, now this rage, uh, of I don't want nothing to do with you, don't do this, don't do that, da 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 and directly feeding this to my oldest son. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to have adult conversations with you that don't involve children. Right. But you're persistent with trying to bring and drag the children into the yeah. conversation. You feel like this is the last in my opinion, I can't speak on this person's behalf, right. but in my opinion, this was more of a, this is the last stronghold I got on you. This is yeah. the last thing you care about. This is the last thing that, that hurts you or bothers you. So I'm going to use this yeah. in order to make you hurt how I hurt. So um, that's a, unfortunately a very common dynamic and we, we, st- we still clear bashing either way. It's not to drag anybody else's story into it, but can you talk about how that impacted the relationship that you had with your son. The, I mean, how did he, what age is he at this time when, when hmm. that messaging started? 2010, he was born in, so he was nine. He was nine years old. Wow, that's early. Yeah. So, and I'm talking, not to be too explicit, but things like, you know I'm out of town. Uh, so you're calling me on the phone, but you push him outside the front door and lock the door and have him beating on the door crying to get back in the house and saying, ask your dad to come help you while he not coming to open the door. You know, this is the kind of stuff you're doing 
and I'm listening to you do it. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. So now this this tearing me down, breaking me down. I can only imagine what it's doing to a nine year old child. Yeah, he's nine. My son under him, six. So you got nine, six, and a newborn girl. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, three children in the house, and you, this 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 what's going on? Yeah, which was why to me that was the final straw that I had to leave prior to that because now trying to get physical things to happen in front of the kids. You know, you, mm. you want altercation. Yeah. You want confusion. You want, you want to try to make me touch you or grab you. Yeah. And I'm Meaning. not, I'm not with it. Yeah. So you chest bumping and throwing oh. stuff and you, you know, you're doing a lot of, of things that, and the kids right here. Yeah. So now I'm like, Hey, I try to go to another room. You bring the kids with you when it, when you try to kick something else off. So now, I leave. It's like, well, I have to leave. Yeah. Because we're not doing this. And it sets the expectation for the kids that that right. is normal. So it's easily duplicated throughout their life because they see right. that as a dog. What, uh, so when you finally left, what ages were your children? Nine. Oh, so the same, yeah, exact same that time. Same, that, okay. that year, that year kind of spiraled out of control. Like, mm. like that, Oh, 09, 2010, 2010. Yeah. Because that's when my daughter was born, 2010. It kind of went, it went really bad. Yeah. Like it was, she was pregnant, as a matter of fact, with, with my daughter when it really kind of went downhill, man. Yeah. So now you got all of this going on. I leave. And now my oldest son, which is now 21 years old, I haven't, I haven't laid eyes on him. This is 2022. Wow. I haven't laid eyes on him, man, six, seven years, seven years. He, wow. he doesn't talk to me. I had a cell phone that I bought him. Uh, I put him on my, my plane and everything. Yeah. He was probably, I don't know, man, probably 11, 12 years old by then. So I put him on my cell phone plan. This is my means of talking to you. Right. Not answering my calls, not responding to texts. So now, this goes on for like a year, maybe two years. So I send him a text. I'm talking to the mom. She's remarried prior to me. I'm remarried now. Right. So she remarried. So I'm reaching out to her and the husband like, listen, life lesson. Because now I'm, I'm sending Christmas gifts for all of the kids, birthday gifts. Uh, when I'm coming to town, I'm bringing them. But you're like, hey, he don't want to see you. So just give it to me. I'll give it to him. Mm-hmm. This kind of stuff going on. But you have a phone, and I have you on this phone plan. Yeah. Consequences and repercussions, son. So I told both of them. They took offense to the, the statement, but, hey, teach him to be a responsible young male. If you don't deal with somebody, don't deal with him at all. You're not good enough for my conversation. You're not good enough for my money or my gifts. Right. Refuse it all. Don't be a user. Right. So I sent him a message on the cell phone, like, listen, hey, uh, we need to have a conversation. I don't think that it's good that. I'm paying for this phone. You're not talking to me. You're not receiving my calls, et cetera. If I don't hear from you by noon tomorrow, I'm going to cut the phone off. I didn't hear from him. I turned the phone off. Who calls me two hours later? The mom. The mom. Yeah. Did you turn his phone off? You didn't have any input. Right. When we were talking about how we could avoid this train wreck. Yeah. There's nothing to talk about now. Yeah, I, I can see... I can imagine that could get messy. Yes. And I, I don't, it's, again, this is not a platform to, right. 
to come on here and throw up everything. Right, um, right, right. But how did how did it impact you? Because I, for, again, and I'm not trying to parallel any of my experiences because I've been in an experience, but I don't deal well with things and people associated with it when I don't want to be around it no more. And I kind of regress and I can make in my mind, people cannot exist. Right. It's not healthy. Right. right. And I'm, and I've grown out of that to a large degree, but what did it do to you? Cause this is like, you're, you're, you're in manhood now. Right. right. And you got right. these, you have to be a certain way cause you have to be the bigger person or you chose to be right. the bigger person. How did that impact you in the years to come? And like, how, how did it, affect your ability to start another relationship? Well, it was it was hurtful, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of pain. And there were, like I went through a whole era of certain types of songs or music mm-hmm. or movies I couldn't even watch. Trigger. You know, and a lot of people don't even know that. Like there was, you know, I couldn't watch it. It'll, it'll make me tear up or I'm about yeah. to cry or make me cry. And I, I felt like it just was a cycle mm-hmm. and I couldn't do that anymore. So I... I started to suppress. I started cutting and suppressing and stop acknowledging, stop talking about my family that would call and ask how the kids, I would cut the conversation. I don't want to talk about it. Mm. Not because I didn't love my kids or that my kids didn't exist. It was too hurtful for me to acknowledge it or face it. Yeah. And then that honestly helped me start to look at other issues or baggage I had mm. from my brother dying, from my dad that's when I found out that I kind of resented my dad about the whole vehicle situation about my, my brother dying. Yeah. A bunch of stuff that I felt like I suppressed and packed and packed and packed my whole life. People were like, man, because even to this day, I don't watch TV. And people be like, how? Well, truth be told, it's too emotional. You know what I mean? Like yeah. People are like, man, it's like you don't have any emotions. You're not attached to anything. You don't, it's like you don't acknowledge. Like if a dude too soft, you kind of like, oh, I don't really do that. Well, it's it's not out of I feel like this person is disgusting or or I'm this Neanderthal. It's a protection. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I have a lot of stuff that I feel like I haven't dealt with that I don't want to deal with because I don't want to say I don't know how to handle it. I just don't want to be vulnerable like that. I don't want to break down like that. Yeah. So it's it's mm. it's running. You know what I mean? So I don't watch these emotional movies and certain songs that bring me directly back to thoughts and memories I have with my children at a certain time. I don't acknowledge it. So now she don't exist, Mm. but I, I yearn for a relationship with my kids. Like I found out my son goes to college right here, 10 minutes away from my house. I found that out. Uh, I was able to find some little pictures here and there to kind of see the growth of my children. Cause she don't communicate with me. I haven't gotten any of that. But and again, I'm not bashing her. Yeah. This is just me talking about my dealings right. and, and how it affected me now. So when I started to finally get back to dating, I met a lot of great women in my opinion, but I wasn't open yeah. to settling down or taking anyone serious like that. Yeah. And so I'm meeting women and I'm kind of like, hey, listen, up front, let me tell you this. This I'm not available like that. I'm not doing that anymore. I've been married. I'm never going to get married again. That was my platform. I felt like I was never going to get married again. I was telling people that. My family laughed. I had this one homegirl, man. She was like, cut it out. You're going to get married. Watch. And so I met my current wife. Yeah. Just met her. You know, I didn't expect anything. She didn't expect anything. She had been married before. I had been married before. We went on a couple of dates and hit it off. Yeah. 
And I kid you not, my family jokingly was like, man, y'all on the fast track. I think, man, I think we got married. Don't check my stats, but I want to say the first year after we met. And that's that's like, for me, that was pushing. That was on the gas. So I met her. We dated. And then we got serious. And, you know, she had a son already. Mm -hmm. So when I met her, she had one Uh, son, you know, because from the first marriage. Yeah. So now I meet her. I meet him. So now that dynamic is different. She's not coming at me talking about relationship or settling down. That was the difference. A lot of people be like, what made her different? Or how did you do that? Just kind of let things happen. Yeah. And they happen. Yeah. You know, you can you can want something too bad and that'll run it off. Or you could be too uh I'm on to see what this is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No expectations. And it it just naturally developed. Cause now every day you seeing stuff and stuff happening. And you kind of like, I like how the day went. I yeah. enjoyed the day as you reflect at the end of the day. Because that's something I do. I reflect at the end. What, what, can you pinpoint what changed in you? Not, you said it wasn't, people were asking what was it about her, but can you pinpoint what changed in you that allowed that to happen? Or still a mystery? No, honestly, honestly, I think it was a, almost a burnout. Um, because obviously after the split happened with my first wife and I was so bitter, I, man, I was, I was bitter. I felt like women were shady, man, like on some shade. I felt like I had been lied to and bamboozled <laughs> and took fast. And uh, you painted this picture like it was going to be this. So I kind of was, I, I serial dated, you know what I mean? I went and bought me a motorcycle. I went and got me two cribs. So I kind of was like, man, whatever. You got this thing where you do cribs like in multiples. Like, yeah. <laughs> like where that come from? You just like, where, like the, the convenience of where you want to be here, you want to be right, there. Right, because by the time you pay for a hotel room three That's times right. in a month. That's right. And and me, I always had good connections. So <laughs> I had a, I had a connection that I would call and be like, hey, I'm going to be in XYZ city. Yeah. They'll find like this top tier apartment and be like, Hey, find you a deal. You can sign this one year lease. It's going to be $600 a month. Da-da-da-da-da. Well, Hey, you stay in a hotel, you know, four times, three times in a month. That's $600. So I was like, bent. So I'm staying in $2,500 apartments for $600 a month. Man, give me that and give me that. I had my own business back then, so and and even to this day. So I'm working. The money is coming. Yeah. So I was like, this is easy. Give it to me. It's all good. All right. Well, let's 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 jump jump out of player mode. uh, Yes. Get back to 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 where you are now. So yes. When you were talking about you came into this new relationship with the son, I automatically started assuming something, but that's not my. um, I don't have an authority to do that. Can you kind of pull a thread on how it made you feel to have access to a father-son relationship if I'm not overstepping? No, it's not overstepping at all. I enjoyed it Uh, because what happened was initially I didn't feel like, oh, he's going to replace my sons, Mm -hmm. you know, because I have two sons and that I, I, I was an everyday part of their lives and now that's been removed from my life. Yeah. So now... A lot of people say, man, you got just another son back. I didn't look at it like that because it made me feel guilty to even hear people say it because I felt like 
people were almost saying I threw them away True. and replaced them with him. True. And it's not the case. I felt like it was an addition to. Gotcha. So what happened was uh, because I was so burned out on streets, it put me in a space of openness. Mm. And she showed up right in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now her and him, it was a sense of normalcy, a sense of love. Yeah. So they welcomed me and they enjoyed being around me. And that was a blessing because he was as open to me as she was uh, saying her son. Mm. So we bonded really quickly. Yeah. So now we hit it off. We get married. Um, we have two more sons together. So now there's three sons in my household. And there was a point where my middle son from my first marriage, I was still able to get him oh, in wow. the summers. So uh, her son, which is now my oldest son in my house, and my middle boy from my first marriage, they hit it off real well. They got real close. That was a a, a bonus for me, man, because yeah. they it gave him somebody to kind of hang out with because, in essence, he was the only child for a while. And so now your two little brothers come, but they babies. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? They years apart. So now you have somebody that's your age because they're one year apart. So I saw him blossom. I saw him open and have conversations and interact like I, I'm normally not able to see. It's be very quiet, very reserved around adults. Mm. But I've noticed around kids and his peers, he opens up. And I love that, man. So I was able to see that. And I was kind of like, okay, we need to cater more to that. Like yeah. his male cousins, that's his age or his school buddies or friends, like make an active effort. Like, hey, what your boys doing? Let's see if we can link y'all up right. and y'all go do something. And I feel like that changed me. It, it, I have so many pivotal points in my life, and that was a huge one for me because yeah. I was bitter, dry, and detached. And then I feel like she brought, she kind of brought love and, and and attention and affection back to where I started to, I started watching things that I couldn't watch. I started listening to songs I couldn't listen to before. You know what yeah. I mean? So it was kind of like almost a healing of. Not everybody out to get you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you gotten it all out yet? No. I don't think so. No. Because even to this day, mm. um, we joke about even her family, her friends, my friends, they still joke about uh, how much of a hard exterior that I have about certain topics and issues. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot, man. That's you. <laughs> I am still amazed that um, the lens through which you see life is so positive. I'm not saying switch, but that that is a major, a major, major takeaway for the listening audiences, audiences that um, it doesn't have to be as bad as it is. Right. Like your perspective has a lot to do with that. I know it's easier said than done, but that that that's your approach to everything after that as much as we were able to discuss in this compressed timeline. Right, right. I commend you. Uh, that, I don't know if I'm there yet. And luckily I haven't had the challenges to figure out mm -hmm. if I'm there yet. And I don't, right. I don't necessarily want those, but I think it is a, a very big deal to number one, admit to yourself that you're bruised. Like yes. you got, like you got some challenges and I need to work through this stuff. These things set me off. These are, these are triggers. Right. Um, and then again, working through it enough, being open to it at the right time and 
shout out to your wife for not forcing anything. And that's, not, a, that's not an inference that all women do that. Right. That's acknowledging that partner to partner don't force. Right. right? Let, let right. things kind of happen. Let it let it unfold. Let it unfold. All right. right. So we go. We gonna take another quick break and then we gonna come back and wrap it up because I know you have some um, some uh, some mentorship objectives and aspirations and some charitable stuff that I want to get into because I think it's fitting with your experience that you're qualified to go and have these conversations. Uh, And I definitely want to look at how we can partner, but we're going to take a final break and we'll be right back. What's good fam. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Look, a couple of folks have reached out asking how can they support more? They listen, they like the videos, but they said, Hey, we want something tangible. I said, cool, 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 cool. Now we got merch. The dear son podcast. Tees are loaded to the website. The DearSunPodcast.com. In your upper left-hand corner, you'll see a drop-down option that says there's more. That's where you'll find the t-shirts. So if you feel so impressed, shop with your man, help support this podcast, and push it around the world because it's going there. Appreciate you guys. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Um conversation has been fulfilling to me and for the, listening to all this sometimes when you see me get stuck I'm really processing the information because this is the first time we're having this conversation right and it's hitting me as hopefully as as, as it's uh hitting you uh but we, we want to switch gears to talk about what do you do with all of this experience this knowledge this awareness this empathy for people um for boys specifically that are hurting uh you have some aspirations of of um, I don't want to call it with something that is not. What what, what is your intent to to kind of add value in that space? I try not to let a young male uh, pass by, and I don't I don't give him something, hmm. and that's 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 because that's how it was given to me. Right. My my old heads, my uncles, the older guys in my neighborhood. You couldn't walk by walk by an elder male when I was a kid, and they didn't stop you and at least ask you. What you doing in school? Yeah. What do you? What is this? Do you know what this means? Do you know this? Or hit you with a math problem or something? Mm. So now I feel like that's that's a big lack yeah. uh, in today's times. You know, um, I, I used to run a trucking business, and now I see a lot of guys. They think the easiest thing they can go do is I'm gonna go start. I'm gonna go to truck driving school, get my CDL, and I'm gonna jump in the truck and I'm gonna run a trucking company. Mm-hmm. I'll ask them five quick questions right quick off the top that I know are mistakes that I made when I first got into trucking right. and their answers are exactly what I would have done when I made the mistakes that I made. Right. So these are the things we always want to get paid for every single thing that we do and know yeah. we got to give back though. Yeah. You have to donate, you have to give with no expectation Yeah. and the return you'll get on that long term, it'll far outweigh what you probably outweigh what you would have charged for that information. Just yeah. give it to him. Yeah. And you might be keeping this brother from killing somebody. That's Keep this true. brother out of prison. Make his business flourish. And then he going to pay it forward and give it to somebody else and maybe help somebody else's business. Yeah. He might come back around. And then now I have some kind of project floating and he can invest in my project. Yeah. I've given him the tools to do such. And he already believed in me because when I didn't even know him, I gave him something and didn't expect anything in return. So I kind of operate in that realm now because now that I feel like I'm feeding the universe and the universe is going to feed me back sure. for it. So little kids misguided, man, like opportunity to to 
just change something. Like if something bad goes, if you fail a test or you don't get accepted into the college you want to go to or you don't make it into this or you think because now you're being ridiculed by a certain group of people or friends. Yeah. That that age group, their life is right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't look at 10, 15, 20 years from now. That don't exist yet. Yeah. All I know is tomorrow I got to go back and get in front of these people that laughed at me yesterday. I didn't like how I felt yesterday. How am I going to deal with it tomorrow? Mm. We have to help them understand, listen, this happens. It's different for them, though, because now social media and all yeah. of these platforms, now thousands of people saw the mistake yeah. instead of the two, three that were there. So I get it. We can't relate to that, but we still give them the same little nuggets, the same seeds. Like, yeah. listen, at the end of the day, five years from now, this not going to matter. Yeah. And that's the part that the mistakes I made in my young male childhood life was I felt like there was no tomorrow. My mom talking to me about, hey, your credit need to be squared away. Ah, I'm not paying that. They don't know where I'm at. They're not going to find me. Right. Ten years later, it was right there knocking at the door. Yeah. Like, hey, you still owe this. What we doing? Yeah. These are the types of, of, of lessons that I give these young, and young women too. I say young males a lot. The young women need, need assistance. They need help. But these young men, man, yeah. I feel like they so lost right now because who do they look to? They, they looking at TV. They looking at these rap videos. They looking at music. And not to say all rap is bad or even bashing that industry, but yeah. I'm just saying that there's so many models out right now to show kids or young males to be destructive. Yeah, It's like they're giving them the recipe for self-destruction, but nobody's giving you any type of guidance to say, hey, I want to be great. I'm going to be great. I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to be healthy. Right. healthy. Like Focus on your body, your health. Yeah. Because if you have $300 million, but you're only healthy enough to live two months, what you going to do with the money? Why do you have it? Man, that's 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 so true. But the the information, the information that they have access to outpaces any conversation that we can have. Absolutely. And that's what sometimes I use paralyzed a lot because it's true. Uh, it paralyzes me in thought of. I don't know that there's a balance, mm -hmm. but there has to be a constant reinforcement of planting that seed, as you said, right? Because. One thing I try to tell my kids is like you when you get in that situation, the only thing you're gonna be able to pull out is something that's already planted. Already in. planted. <laughs> it has to already be there. Yeah, if it ain't there, it ain't there. Um always call me, but yeah. you know, there are things in life that I can't even prepare you for because of how quickly information and situations are presented to them and it goes it doesn't even have to go viral. I mean, it's right. enough. If there was a fight at school in high school, the other high schools would know about it by the end of the week. Right, right, right. If somebody's getting loud in the hallway, the U.S. knows about it as they're yelling in the hallway. Now. Right then. It's crazy. Live. It's real-time telling. Yes. And I don't, that's the piece that as much of a value as the internet and, and what it's done to, um, to change the world is, is such a disadvantage. And my kids Equally are hindering it. Yeah, yeah, it's such a disadvantage. Like, we, I know where you are. Yes, and if you're not with your phone, then we got a whole different problem. Oh, listen. I mean, but that's a that's a whole nother thing. Um, but it, it goes back to principles. Like, sure. like even, I may not know the scenarios or the situations you're going to face, but I can give you a set of principles sure. that you can stand on to where something you're going to face is going to fall within one of these guidelines yeah. or parameters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the biggest thing that I try to convey to these little kids and youngsters and even adults because we're guilty of it as well, is 
you don't know what you don't know Correct. until you know you don't know it. And it's late. Right. And it's too late. Super late. So if you go and say, hey, I want to be a I want to be a welder. If you've never been in that industry or anything to do with it or know the background, yeah. you don't know the first question to ask in order to say, hey, I want to be a welder. Great. Quick aside, stick welding in the shipyard. Welding school. <laughs> I did not tape up my pocket. That's what you're supposed to do. You have a long sleeve. See? A piece of cold slag fell in my pocket. I don't know how it did that. <laughs> I'm welded and I had a good bead too. Yeah. Just just bear with this. So I, yeah. had a, I had a good, I think it was a quarter inch or five sixteenth bead. Yeah. And I'm going and I'm going and my chest is hot. I'm like, <laughs> now, now, now I'm dancing. Yeah. Now, now I'm dancing. Anyhow, it, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Trust so me. how do you, um, I understand the mission. Yes. Have you thought through the mechanics or the architecture? Is that still kind of in the works? Or is it, or is it the mission? to be practical in passing information. Um, what, like, what are your thoughts on that? I'm open and I, I, I'm not ashamed to say I don't have a plan yeah, in yeah. place right now of outreach. Sure. So far it's kind of been hand to hand, if you will. Yep. You know what I mean? Like people that I directly come across and then I talk to this person and it's like, Hey, now they have people calling me or they'll right. send people to me that's kind of been what's been going on. Like even I've had a couple of people say, Hey, I got a group of young males that I'm, cause I, I have some influential people mm. that are in position that they are, you know, they're educators or they're deans at universities or yeah. they're, they have outreach and things like that. And they're like, Hey, you can come in here and you can have this platform. And gotcha. I want you to talk to these kids about some of the things you've done. Or I've got these kids that saying they want to do this or they want to do X, Y, Z. And I know you've done it. That's the other benefit is, I feel like I've li I've lived thirty lives. I've done. Listen, <laughs> you told us about 12. military, hood life. I, I, I had our house broken into as a child before we come in, and everything all over the place because somebody broke in the wow. crib. Uh, street life, you, you name it. Church life, spirituality. That's a whole another conversation. Sure, you know. Sure. So there's there's always have something to offer. Yeah. And even if you don't, if you know one thing, share that one thing. Yeah. So I'm open to that. There are, I'd like to say that some of the networking opportunities that I've had that I didn't necessarily take an opportunity or a chance or advantage of in 2021, mm. I'm absolutely going to take advantage of and moving forward. There it is. And I'm not one of these people that's like every year I got this list of goals yeah. and then I make it the first week of January and then come January is the next year is the next time I'm talking or even looking back at those goals. Just dusting them off and putting man, a new year on it. Man. So no, absolutely not. But I'm open. Yeah. I'm open. So I, I, I am, so I am new in the podcast space, but um, the message is connecting, is getting some traction. I am looking for the opportunities of what organizations to partner with, what, what, what opportunities make sense because you got, unfortunately you got to vet everything because yes. everybody's intention isn't the same as yours. Yes. But I'm in that same space too. I I, I know the lofty thing that I, I don't even say it's lofty. I know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Right. right. Like right. I, I know I'm going to LA. I don't know which streets to turn on, but I, like that kind of, I know the destination, but I don't know the, the route specifically, right. but I would be interested in continuing the conversation with you to see where there are some synergies. Um, Better men, better fathers, man. A lot of it Please. has to do with the work on us first before we go out here and and passing on our trauma and giving them the best, worst advice that we have to right. offer. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely right. a, a fan of that. But 
Uh, I, I definitely want to stay connected. I want to keep you connected to the audience as it grows because there may be somebody and it is surprising me how even with a small reach, the dots right. are connected, right? The yes. right person heard it, sent it to their cousins, yes. uncle, brother, yes. mother-in-law, and, and things are happening. Um, there's so much more to talk about, and I say this at the end of every one. Like, you can't get it all with one guest. Like, when the conversation is great. So I would be um, very grateful if you would come back on at some point and we could kind of chronicle the success, right? Where we're finding synergies, we're finding partnerships, if there's something you want to promote. I'll get out there. Definitely um, want to keep you as part of the the close friend group to the Please podcast. do. Please um, do. I insist. Any uh, Anything else you want to leave? Uh, social media? Um, uh, any final thoughts? Not yet. Uh, social media wise, because everything will be personal. Okay. Uh, and I'm not necessarily looking for, you know, an audience personally, but as the podcast grows and things move forward, I absolutely want to be an active participant in that. Perfect. So as we have things that are directly related to getting that message out, yeah. guiding our youth, guiding other men, how to be better men so better that they men. can pass that knowledge and information on as we get that platform larger and larger, then I'll be like, Hey, okay. this social media platform is attached to that. And I'd be more willing to get behind that sure. and spread that. So, all right. Well, I, I, I appreciate your, your time and your information sharing the the, um, the meaningful stories. You know, as, yes. as podcasts as we go through, we go through guests that uh, don't really have meaningful things yeah. to say. Right? <laughs> and that's not a shot to anybody. None of those have been released. Uh, but I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, let me address the audience right quick. My, my podcast platform listeners, if you're on Anchor, if you're on Spotify, Apple, Please make sure you follow me. Make sure you have the on Apple. It's a check mark or, or plus sign. Make sure you follow whatever's applicable on that platform and set the auto downloads. That way, when I drop something on the audio, it comes right to your phone. So the next time you're in the airport or your Wi-Fi goes out and you need to binge listen, I'm right there. It doesn't hurt you at all. Uh, for those that are on YouTube, was good. Appreciate you guys checking in for the visual experience. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're liking, sharing all of the things i am not going to extend this any longer i appreciate you guys god bless you the dear son podcast is produced by d john's live studios all rights reserved don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform We'll see you here next time.